Greetings, this is Jason Hill, and this is the podcast version of Into the Gap, which airs every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Central on WCGO Radio, 1590 a.m. and 95.9 FM in Chicago. Hey, hey, good morning. This is Mike Sherrick. This is Jason Hill. This is Into the Gap. Hey, good morning, everybody. Hey, how are you, man? I'm doing great. I'm, uh, I'm on the shores of Lake Winnebago again, and so uh, I hope this, uh, hope this works out, this uh, remote broadcasting. Uh, sometimes it, it does. Yeah. It so how are you doing, man? How are I'm you? doing really, really well. I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm doing just driving in the midst of all this. Um, I am not a defeatist, and I will, yeah. you know, yeah. I think I would thrive in a, um, anywhere. I'm like, I'm like one of these flowers that just like break out of concrete. Yeah, there you go. That's awesome. <laughs> I, you know, it, it's it's really funny. I've I this has been tough on me, but the res, if I would just look at the results, yeah, I'm doing good. But it's been a grind, man. But I'm kind of a grinder anyway, you know. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been weird. It's been a time of uh, a lot of observation and listening and introspection, you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a pretty interesting, interesting experience. So, uh, yeah. So today, you know, I, I think it's got, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about everything. Are you there? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I just want to make sure, cause I don't want to freeze up. Yeah. So I, I think we're going to talk about a lot of things today, but, uh, I mean, we've got the COVID stuff going on. We've got, uh, the presidential race going on up in Wisconsin, you know, in, in Illinois, you don't see any political commercials cause it's. Trump's going to get like four votes in Illinois, you know, <laughs> but in Wisconsin, it's up for grabs. So like mm-hmm. every other con- commercial is either a Trump commercial or a Biden commercial. Mm-hmm. And so I saw two of them yesterday. I'm like, done. I don't want to see any more of these because they're c- kind of ugly and nasty. Yeah. So I think we're going to be into a, a pretty interesting, uh, especially after about, you know, the middle of summer, it's going to get ugly you know, when the yeah. conventions break up. But so, um, also, Nancy, what's the what's the phone number for people to call into? Because last week some people wanted to call in. I didn't give them the number. Could you tell tell us that? Yes, the number is 877-711-5611. 711-5611. So the number I put out there was wrong. But yeah, that's it. 711-5611. Cool. Thanks, Nancy. No problem. Yes. So if someone wants to call in, feel free to call in today. Um, because a couple guys sent me emails last week. Of course, I don't read them during the show. But like, oh, can I call in? Yeah, well, please call in. You know, but yeah, we love to hear from people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, where do you want to start? Want to start about the COVID stuff? Or do you want to start about how we're being with each other as human beings? Well, you and I were talking uh, before the show about the fact that this stuff, this COVID thing, is a big. What I would call is an it's a it's a social it's an existential disruptor. Just yeah. like how the, but, you know, and disruptors are things that shift the paradigms mm-hmm. under which we're normally used to living our lives. Yeah. And so when the contraception contraception came along, that was a social disruption because it placed women in a position of empowerment, of control yeah. over their bodies, over their reproductive apparatus. Yeah. So we have social disruptions, all the t- all social disruptors, but yeah. this is a major one in the yeah. fact, in the sense that it's permeated every sphere of our existence, business, sex, personal friendships. It's, it, it's like a weed that just engulfs everything. So sometimes social disruptors are the sort of disruptors, I think, that um, just affect a couple spheres of our lives and we can compartmentalize our lives. 
And my sense is that this COVID thing is a social disruptor that just takes over everything. And because it takes over everything, um, the way we relate to each other, the way we communicate with each other is very, very, very different. And you and I were talking, for example, about we had a communication problem even before COVID. We had an epidemic of loneliness, an epidemic of, um, of communication that was going on where we weren't really communicating properly with each other. We we're having these sort of truncated forms of communicating through texting and uh, an inability to authentically express our feelings. And um, I think that's part of what is, has to be addressed that even before COVID, we, we weren't really connected to each other in a profound way as human beings. And COVID is gonna make this a little bit more problematic. Um, Mike, are you there? Okay, uh, we might've lost Mike for a little bit, so I'll just continue. Waiting sure. it on. Are you back, Mike? Yeah, I apologize. I just lost all the, the Zoom connections, so I'll just go by the phone. I apologize. That's not the best way to do it, but it's what we're going to have to do. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you were talking so about. Did you I get? The, we're talking did, about. Did you get some of what I was saying about about the social disruptors uh, permeating all yeah. spheres of our existence? It makes it, it sort of it compromises the way that we communicate with each other. Um, Sometimes social disruptors, I was saying, just sort of um, affect one domain of our existence. And we mm -hmm. had a communication problem even before COVID. Yeah, we did. And I think, yeah, I think it's really going to have to have us relook at how we, how we communicate with one another. And it's going to have us relook at really what is our relationship with not only each other, but even with ourselves. Right. And yeah, I think it's going to change everything, you know, um, particularly, I, I couldn't even imagine how people could begin an intimate relationship nowadays. Exactly. Know? Exactly. Like, how, how do you, how do you start out dating someone? Right. Well, I like to go on a date with you, but <laughs> you're going to have to quarantine for 14 days. You know, well, I would, I, there's nothing I would change. Personally speaking, I mean, I would, I, yeah. I, but I'm just a fearless, I mean, I'm not reckless and I'm not yeah. rash, but I'm also not one yeah. to allow, this is why I feel so happy, right? I'm still happy because I'm not one to allow mm -hmm. a situation to dictate the terms of my, yeah. my vitality or my joy. So of course I'd be careful. Mm -hmm. I'd be, I'd ask someone to take a COVID test, um, COVID-19 mm -hmm. test. And uh, mm -hmm. just like how, you know, as a, person i'm before i was involved in relationships um you could have someone mm -hmm. take an std hiv test um mm -hmm. but i mean people have to just be responsible and 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 yeah. think for themselves uh but this notion of going from you know 100 to zero is ridiculous um yeah yeah i i think that's that's exactly it it's and and the, the part you brought out about it being responsible i'm not even sure people understand what that is um, or, or what being fully responsible looks like, you know, cause on, on one hand, you've got these people, well, I just want to be free and I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. And on the other mm -hmm. hand, you've got people that are looking for directions on everything, you know? So it's, it's, it's pretty, it, 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 it is, it's, 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 it's much more disruptive than I think anybody had any idea of it, you know? 
Well, um, there's yeah, there's no one size corporate size metric that fits all persons situation. I mean, that's just not yeah. going to exist, you know. Um, yeah. And yeah. And and it's the same thing with communicating. I think that um, you know, I was just watching the news before the show this morning, and they had breaking news i thought oh my god you know bombs some, some they bombed the pentagon or something well guess what the breaking news yeah. was uh they're so sensationalistic in the media I, I get your your suspicions about the veracity of, of, of media yeah. outlets um yeah moms and dads having meltdowns over dealing with their kids stay-at-home kids doing, doing covid now can you believe this so you're faced wow. with your child over summer and that's a problem well yeah it's a problem but who cares? Who cares? Yeah, Go do some farming it. with them. Go back to the old days where dads and sons <laughs> used to bond in the farms. You know, if you've got, if you yeah. live in the suburbs, you know, go plant some seeds with your son, bond with your son, bond with yep. your mothers, bond with your sons, mothers, bond with your daughters. You know, take this time to really reestablish connections. Instead, they have all these, they had all these yeah. experts on television telling parents how to deal with the crisis of living with your kids over summer, living with your children over summer has now become a crisis. Wow. Is, yeah. Well, is, it speaks is... again to, so to how comfortable we've gotten with everything and, and how, you know, our, our addiction to convenience and comfort and everything. I, I mean, Jay, it's, it's a crisis to go shop for groceries for some people, right? So yeah. They yeah. need a service to bring them groceries. So it's just, it's, it, it's, I, I think one of the great opportunities to this whole thing is it's going to help us really look and get our priorities back in order of what really matters. So really look and, and understand what, what's, why am I really here? Mm-hmm. You know, what is it that I could provide? What, what is it that I enjoy? You know? Yeah. And, and, and really to, to, really understand, create a sense of purpose now, mm-hmm. as opposed to getting a bunch of likes on social media, right? Mm-hmm. Who cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully what will happen is these Instagram stars will go away, right? Or the, the personalities, or what do they call them? Uh, uh, I, I don't even know. But yeah, I, I, hope, I hope we can get back to some, and I don't know if it's, it's going to be, but some, some, some balance. That, I want to, you know. yeah, I have some ideas about that after the break that we should probably talk about. Oh, all right. We'll go on break. We'll be back in two minutes. This is Mike and Jay. Hey, we're back. This is Mike Sherrod. This is Jason Hill. This is Into the Gap. And, uh, yeah, here we are, Jay. Yeah. It's funny. I just got a, te- I got a text during the, the break from one of our listeners and, uh, Someone very close to me, and he's chastising me for having too much faith in humanity and not believing that people will just uh, continue to focus on me, myself, and I. So, anyway, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, I, it's funny as, as we're sitting here in break, Jay. I, 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 I see myself having very little to say today, and I'm kind of just like observing what's going on, and, and really. It, it's it's a real it's a pretty weird space. It's not like one of disappointment or depression or anything like that. It's like just truly observation. Like yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't know what's going on. You know. So I'm going to need to rely on you, the philosopher, to. Uh, well, <laughs> to, I, to well, I think for, I think I, I think for a living and and I experience and I observe. But 
you know, one of the things I wanted to say, Mike, is that to going back to this notion of an, of an existential disruptor, one of the reasons that mm -hmm. I still feel a sense of vitality and joy in my life, yeah. it's not because I'm like faking yeah. it, it's because I never lived my life, and I want to talk about this for a little bit, not for too long, but I sure. never I think people, people are going to, because our social spheres are going to be restricted, and we're going to go back mm -hmm. and forth from the illusion of having like large groups of friends to going back to, to you yeah. know, to small groups. A lot of people have lived their lives horizontally versus vertically. When, what do I mean? I mean, a lot of people spread themselves mm. thin across a large mm -hmm. swath of people. And they don't live yeah. with a level of profundity, a, a, what I call vert, yeah. a, vertical, a vertical notion way of living. And yeah. I've always had a, a small group of friends, a small social unit um, mm. with whom I've lived what I call vertical depth living. That is, I live yeah. intimately with them. I confide in them. They've got my back. I have mm -hmm. their back. That would include the person I'm involved with. That would include a close set of friends. Select members of my family, not all members of my family, because families, we know, are quite, family members mm -hmm. can be quite dangerous and brutal to each other. And mm -hmm. this verticality of living, as opposed to horizontal living, is one that I think a lot of people are going to be forced to adopt under COVID-19 because the illusion somehow yeah. that we can just spread ourselves thin over many, many domains of life when those life yeah. domains are going to be shrunk and restricted by COVID-19 and they're going to yeah. open up for like three weeks or a month and then COVID is going to shut them down. And short of falling into some kind of, you know, speaking euphemistically here, some kind of schizophrenia or some kind of mental mm -hmm. breakdown we have to adopt a mm -hmm. new kind of philosophy about how we're going to live and i think a vertical depth way of living is going to be a way that we get in touch with ourselves who we are at the core yeah because because what we're going to do is we're going to strip ourselves of all the facades all the 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 mm -hmm. the, the masks the you know the the various minutiae that we that we codify our lives around, and we're going to get back the fundamental first principles way of living, a first principle fundamental way of living, and I think that's crucial because I think we have lived superficially in the past. Yeah, you know, and how many of us? Go ahead, Jay. I'm sorry. No, I'm finished. I'm finished. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Oh yeah, you know, it's it, it's so interesting to hear you say that because. You know, when, when I first met you, when you were a guest on the show, and we created the idea behind this show, you know, it was really, you know, the, the, the whole motto, you know, courage over comfort, it was, it was really addressing um, kind of the addiction to comfort and convenience and superficiality that, that people had in consumerism, right? Mm -hmm. And start looking at the cost of it, and, and we had no idea COVID was going to come about. And, and there's some, and what I'm hearing you talk about is really the pull towards some of the distinctions we talked about early on, which are distinctions like authenticity and distinctions like uh, integrity and the development of really understanding who oneself is mm -hmm. and really getting clear on, you know, who really, who you are, all of your greatnesses and your strengths, but also understanding your darkness. You know, 
And not that the darkness is a weakness, it's just part of who you are, you know? Mm -hmm. And being able to use that when you need it. So this, like this, this increase in self-awareness that seemed to be missing. Yeah. And what is fascinating based on what you said is this thing, these fundamental truths that are like required to be fulfilled as human beings, you know, we were, we were missing them. And this, this COVID thing is, it seems to be like forcing us like there's, it's non-negotiable now. We're going to have to get in touch with those Mm -hmm. and inquire in those and develop those. That's kind of what I hear you saying. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's true, and that's very, very true. Yeah. And I want to add, I want to add something more. I, and this is going to be very on PC. Sure. It might sound a little bit sexist, but you know, I, I, <laughs> I I'm, a, I'm a philosopher. I'm a geek. I'm a nerd. I, I read three books or two books yeah. a week. I, I write books, but you know, I, of yeah. late, I've been gaining a lot of my inspiration from home men who are not the greatest communicators, as you know, of their feelings, and are just right. not the greatest right. communicators. Right. But I've been thinking about how men achieve spirituality and and a sense of the transcendental uh-huh. among them and it's through you and i talked about this before the show i mentioned it about what we're going to talk about yeah. it's through two primary yeah. conduits sports and warfare uh-huh. and yeah. that is because in those two domains you drop the artifice you drop the mass yeah and you get as real and as fundamental and as basic and as primal as you can be uh-huh. you watch men bond yeah. together doing sports and men in the foxhole, men in the trenches during warfare, it's tragic that it takes something like warfare for men to really truly bond on a transcendental level. Mm-hmm. But you watch, I mean, I, I dated someone a long time ago who loved to go to sports bars. And you just, <laughs> you, watch these, you watch these guys in sports <laughs> bars. And the artifice, it's black, white, you know, all the kind of like, you know, yeah. stuff that you take out, stuff you take on an everyday world, like this racial tension, ethnic tension. You see black guys, you see yeah. white guys, at least in the neighborhood where I live, uh, and in many neighborhoods, just the artifice just falls yeah. and they bond around this thing called sports. Yeah. And I think using that as a metaphor, I think going forward about how we live our lives in COVID, we've got to just get rid of these stupid mm-hmm. artifices that... We yeah. wear, we don every day, and we wear them in the world, and we 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 think that yeah. our identities are in the are forged in the crucibles of these artifices when they're not. Mm-hmm. These artifices yeah. are are masks that we wear to get approval, affirmation, yeah. validation from the world, and COVID is going to strip yeah. us of these artificial artifices. And if if that occurs, I will be so thankful and thank God for COVID. Right, because the thing you're talking—no, I really will. It'll be—it'll be freaking awesome. But we're not quite there yet. But we, we you know, we could get there. Um, did you happen to see any of the Michael Jordan special on ESPN? It's um, no, no, no. It, it was really interesting, you know, especially when you're talking about the racial thing, right? Now the NBA is probably—I don't know—probably eighty-five, ninety percent African American, black, you know. Yeah, yeah, but you know one of the one of the greatest basketball players in the modern time, and one of the guys that Michael Jordan really learned from was Larry Bird. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and nobody talked about Larry Bird being a white guy or Magic Johnson being a black guy. Right. They were just great basketball players that played against each other and you know were out to kill each other during a game and had nothing but respect. Mm-hmm. And it's the thing we said before. 
before uh, the show, and also what you just pointed to, when you're engaged in combat or you're engaged in sport, it's all about, you get to see people under stress and you get to see what they're really about. That's right. And, you know, you get to see the authentic expression of that particular human being. And when you see the authentic expression of that particular human being, you get to know, is this someone you want to hang with? Is this someone you can trust? Is this someone you can go to war with, literally? Or is this someone who's going to, you know, cover his own butt and sell you out? Exactly. And, you know, and, and what Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson and Larry Bird learned about each other is they were the guys they wanted to be with. Yes. And then there was another guy, Isaiah Thomas, none of them liked because he was a little, you know, he was a, he was not that. Let's <laughs> just put it that way, right? right. And it, 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 and you're so right. It, it under pressure, under stress, strips us away of all of this looking good and mm-hmm. being right and all of this stuff. And I think that's what's what's happening today. And you see it in the media. Um, you know how people react under stress. Uh, really shows their real character. Yes. And, you know, under stress, we're seeing the real character of a lot of people, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 you know, and you get to see if they're in the right position or not, if they're, you know, how they how they operate, you know, what they value, and, you know, what their go-to is, you know? Yeah. Um, so so it's, it's, it's pretty telling. I still have yet to see what Joe Biden real character is you know well, he's been in the senate he's been in the senate for 40 something years i mean he's a bureaucrat and i mean i think he's a pretty decent man i think he's a he's a politician he's a bureaucrat yeah. um, um yeah. I, I don't think he's a bad i think he's a decent man i don't think he's a corrupt imbecilic human being um no so he's, he's a system, you know hmm? he's, he's part of the system you know, he's just, he's as embedded in the system of Washington as anybody, you know, isn't he? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think so. But I think um, so is Mitch McConnell. And so are. Yeah, Mark, no, 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 no. So, no, so are so is Marco yeah. Rubio and, 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 and Ted Cruz and any of the people yeah. from the other side. Um, you know, so I, I mean, I yeah, I think that. Um, I think this is the prison. I don't necessarily. That's, yeah, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I just think it it leads to a certain perspective, and and a, a point of view, and mm-hmm. potentially other points of view. That's the that's the only thing about it. I, I, I you know, I you know prior to all this, I thought Joe Joe Biden was an all right guy. You know, I didn't know too much about him. He seemed cool, you know, but he was you know he was a senator and he was a vice president and seemed like a kind man a good man you know i don't know i you know i i, I still don't know what he like president I, I you know but we're gonna take a break we'll be back in two minutes mike and jay just to the gap Jason Hill here, and I want to let you know that you're listening to the podcast version of Into the Gap, which airs every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. Central on WCGO Radio. Tune in live from 1590 a.m. and 95.9 FM, the Smart Talk app, Tune in or WCGORadio.com. The podcast is available from Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Find it, rate it, and subscribe. 
If you'd like to get in touch about the show or inquire about sponsorship opportunities and rates, please reach out to my co-host Mike at MikeShrek at gmail.com. Dallas Cowboy Hall of Fame coach Tom Landry once said, a coach is someone who has you see what you don't want to see and has you hear what you don't want to hear so you can always be the person you knew yourself to be. Hello, I'm Mike Sherrick, founder and president of the Mike Sherrick Group and Mike Sherrick Coaching. We are an executive coaching and leadership development organization with offices in Berwyn, Illinois and Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Successful organizations begin with the self-awareness and authenticity of its leaders. And in today's world, we are all leaders. If you or your organization has a big vision or you know there's another level you can go to, please give us a call at 630-643-6336. If you're one of the first three people who call us today, you will be eligible for a free IMX leadership assessment and debrief, a $550 value free to you and your organization. So give us a call at 630-643-6336 and take it on. Okay, back to the show now. Here's my co-host, Mike Schreck. We were talking about you know the the possibility. Of what's really needed is is you talk to people living a more vertical life. Yeah, and yeah. and what that's going to require is really getting down to kind of getting down to the basics. You know. Yes. yes. Do you think it's gonna Do you think it's gonna lend itself to uh, the revamping of traditional ways of operating, or do you think it's going to just create a whole new way of operating and different things that we do? I think probably a hybrid because a hybrid, a hybrid. I think it's yeah, going to be a hybrid, a hybrid model because I think there are some of the old traditional ways that have withstood the yeah. test of time, that withstood the nineteen eighteen pandemic, that's withstood world wars, that have withstood all yeah. sorts of, of, of disastrous phenomena that have that afflicted mm-hmm. us. But I think you know wholesale clinging to the traditional in the face of uh, new problems uh, is also ridiculous because I mean those traditions are blasted daily in a free society anyway. And, and in yeah. order for innovation and creativity to come into existence, sometimes we have to get rid of the traditional. I mean, if we cling to the mm. traditional tenaciously, then we never grow. We never respond to challenges and we never, and America is the one is, is the most innovative, creative country in the world with, and its people, I think are still the most innovative, productive. So yeah. if we stick to these old traditional ways, we'll never respond to new stimuli and to challenges and will never grow. So I think it's going to be a hybrid model. Um, and I think I just, I, I have to be optimistic. And I, one of the things I want to talk about a little bit is, you know, going back to the metaphor of men bonding during war and sports is that yeah. I think one of the reasons like men just don't like to sit around and talk a lot is that, uh, and, and here I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very influenced by Jung, uh, the psychologist Jung and, and Freud, especially Jung. And, um, so when, when they talk in terms of, when Jung talk, talks in terms of archetypes, um, both the sexes are very intuitive, but men size up people in a different way. And one of the reasons I think men don't like to sit around on a couch at a party and just like have a lot of talk is because men realize that people quite often put on what I call their best emotional laundry and they can bullshit their way through a conversation. And one of the things about sports and warfare is that you immediately can size up the authenticity of a person um, who's real, who's putting on an act, who's performing. And there's a kind of performativity that I think women are more, uh, not all women, but a lot of women are more um, 
tolerant of. We call it drama, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Men don't like drama. A man will a man a man will double his fist and knock you out, and then the same man will give you his hand and pick you up off the floor and buy you a, in the old days and buy you a beer. <laughs> and the yeah. stuff is yeah. over, right? And and yeah. it's, and 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 that is a kind of depth living that I'm talking about, where something mm-hmm. primal inside of you rises up: anger, fear. You you knock your opponent yeah. out, but you don't want to annihilate him. You get it yeah. on your system, and then you go back to communicating as a human being. And I think we've lost some of that. We've we've become a a, a grudgeful, grudge bearing, um, envious. All sorts of malicious emotions have crept into our collective psyche, to speak in Jungian terms, that yeah. are really yeah. affecting how we communicate with each other as human beings. You know, Jay, what you're speaking about is so much of what the stuff in my next book is going to be about. Is you know, the whole idea of the next book is is restoring masculinity in yeah. America, right? Yes. And restoring masculinity not to the you know the barbaric win at all cost ways to get responsible for the way we were you know yeah. I think part of what's happened is uh, you know we we kind of got into a win at all cost mentality and mm. where winning is more important important than playing the game and you know as we're talking about that Michael Jordan thing you know uh, it wasn't just about winning it was about having respect for the guys that play the game you know Isaiah Thomas won two NBA championships. But Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and particularly Michael Jordan, didn't want anything to do with him. Because the way he played the game was really without any kind of integrity whatsoever. He played the game, you know, he would lie, cheat, steal, take shortcuts, hurt people, do whatever it took. You know, as opposed to really become great at the game and play the game well. Yes. And I think that's kind of the, one of the things we've lost sight of. You know, and we've gotten to be so result-oriented, you know? And, you know, some of the things that's happened, like in the business world, you know, we we put profits over humanity. So we would, if we could increase our profits by 1% and it meant we would cut out, you know, thousands of jobs, we would do so and justify it and not look at the overall impact of, of all of it, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that we needed. And this really gets in line with your vertical living like really look at the ripple effect of the choices we make mm-hmm. you know like what happens when we when we make this choice what happens when we choose a superficial path what happens when we just go for pleasure or go for more or go for consumption versus what are we really committed to mm-hmm. and i think that's really the opportunity that comes with this i think that's what can happen and we're, everyone's going to have to be responsible for it and we're going to have to have some tough conversations too. You know, guys yes. are going to have to talk about stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're going to have to talk about the 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 dumb stuff we've done. Mhm. Cuz we've done some dumb stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Having a war for 20 years in Afghanistan was pretty dumb. Yes. You know. You know, well, why are we still doing that? You know, and and the the face saving stuff and the stuff like that. So, yeah, I think what you're what you're talking about is so so important. And and I think the other thing you you're talking about is Restoring some semblance or some balance in the masculine perspective. Um, you know, there's there's a 
if you if you get on if you listen to the media if you listen to the 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 way many of the men in the media communicate it, it it's not actually a very masculine voice yeah you know yeah yeah and and you know it's not standing for something it it's it's more about feelings and like the thing you talked about the drama and the performance the looking good you right. know uh, I mean, so, part of the, pro- yeah, part think, of the problem, think, yeah. yeah, I agree with you. And I think part of the problem yeah. is that everybody yeah. wants to be a sort of like an apex predator, you know, the top of the food chain where there's no, com- there's no competitor yeah. in your ha- in your habitat. So you, you devour everyone, but no one can devour you. And that's driven by fear. Yeah. I mean, either you're an apex predator or you're not, but when you have a whole bunch of beta psychophants and B I T C H E S males, who are striving to be apex predators it's mayhem it's just a bloodbath it's a it's a it's a bloodbath and um you know real apex predators ethical apex predators who really are at the top of the food chain um if you watch them in the animal kingdom they don't go around on a slaughterhouse rampage really unless in times of drought or severe conditions they don't no. Um, orca whales, who are apex predators, don't go around just annihilating white sharks, great whites, which they can do, or dolphins. Um, uh-huh. and, and I think this is part of the problem with the crisis in masculinity. Is everybody wants to be this big alpha, and everybody wants – and what happens is that – I'm not saying that people should stay in, their, stay in their lanes. We should all strive to be stronger than we are and better than we are. But when the primal motivator is something like fear – it results in what you know we were talking about earlier. It's you you start clobbering, and you just become result oriented, and you don't see yourself as part of a team. You don't see yourself as part of, yep. a, you know, a, a, a collective that is aiming towards a really good common good, for just not just yourself but for humanity for the group, um, as well. Um, and so there's Wait, a way in which yeah. You've hit on something, Jay. That just like, oh my God, this is this has been a thing for me for thirty-five years, probably in corporate America, right? Mm-hmm. Like the whole the whole idea of corporate America. It, it's this really interesting thing. It's this balance between being the apex predator and a sycophant, right? Mm-hmm. And knowing when, and and so many, and and here's the thing: is if there's like a apex predator in training. Mm-hmm. And the primary guy has got a number of sycophants, you know, on his team. Mm-hmm. Will they will call out that potential successor because yes. they find him dangerous, and they will kill him. Mm-hmm. And it'll it'll be a group of these beta males, you know, <laughs> and and it, it, it's it's disgusting. I've witnessed it. I've experienced it. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and it's. It's 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 kind of the way it's gone, and what's happened then, when the when the real alpha dies, there's no one to take his place, and so now you've got a lot of organizations and a lot of systems run by beta males, who are just concerned about themselves, and and what's in it for them, and have lost sight of the real reason for their existence. Mm-hmm. And I think the the best. The best example of that in the media is watch the Morning Joe show with Joe Scarborough and all these New York Times guys and Al Sharpton 
you know, and oh my God, it's just a collection of just horrible human beings, you know, mm. <laughs> just, just complaining with no vision, no solution, no idea, constantly bringing drama and upset and whining. And then of course you've got Mika in there running the show cause she's the real alpha. And, and that's, you know, that, that's what kind of the, the overall narratives devolved into. And I think what it, it, what there really needs to be is there needs to be kind of a, a reconnection to what it means to be, you know, to be a man who contributes. I mean, at the core of masculinity, I mean, look at yourself at the core of masculinity is to provide, to protect and to leave a legacy. Mm-hmm. It's how you live your life. Mm-hmm. You know, look at how you were dealing with your partner when he was undergoing treatment. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you protected that guy like, you know, it was amazing. No. You know? Hey, welcome back. This is Mike Sherrick. This is Jason Hill. This is Into the Gap. I think that's Metallica. That's awesome. <laughs> Jay, you there? I'm there. I'm listening. I'm, I'm, I'm meditating on the music. It's part of my... There you, you go. Know, oh, yeah, you're getting here. It's, it's verticality. <laughs> just like... I'm listening to the music. I'm chilling to it. I'm just zoning out for a minute because I don't want to, you know, I don't like to overthink in, on the show. I just like to be as spontaneous as possible. Um, but yeah, awesome. I like I like that. Yeah. So yeah, we were talking about we were talking about really the the apex predator, or you know, as it would show up in in culture today, the alpha, the real alpha male. You know. Yeah. And how this this COVID thing is really it's gonna it's gonna require a a new expression of that, and I, and I really look forward to that. I think there's a real opportunity there, um, and I think it's also an opportunity for the alpha male to work in partnership with also women and females. You know, absolutely. Where it's absolutely. not just one dimensional anymore. You know, well, where again, we can really get some balance because. Yeah, I mean, we've passed that stage. Women are are equal. In, yeah, of course. In many, res- in many respects. I mean, most women are not physically as strong as men, but I mean, women are part of the human, the pantheon of the human community. And, um, Absolutely. And, um, and getting in touch with them. Alpha males also have, have mother complexes that they carry within themselves. I mean, they were birthed by women. Yeah. So that's, a, that's an intractable yeah, part of their history, right? Um, yeah, and the, the reason I bring it up, Jay, is I get very concerned when I talk about uh, masculinity and you know the resurgence of alpha males. That people listen in a binary way think it's you know going back to the way it was, and that's not what I mean at all. It's just the the restoration of of, of masculinity inside a system that is in partnership with women and in partnership right. with a feminine perspective. Right. You know, I think that's the only way we're going to be able to to move forward through all of this. You know, God yeah. knows. You know, we got through the rat wagon train era with the uh, with the alpha male thing, but since World War II, we could probably use a little more, you know, <laughs> a little more input. You know, after Nor, I think Normandy was Normandy was kind of the, the dividing line. After that, you know, the whole kill everything doesn't need to be happening anymore. You know. Well, look. We also need to look look at history very, very carefully. When the men were off fighting the war, the war, who was it that you know 
held up. I mean, in the fifties, of course, we put the women back in the in the kitchen and got yeah. them pregnant. But who really held the economy in place when the women were when the men were fighting the wars globally? I mean, in Europe, in America, women, uh, women, in Russia, it was women. Women went and, out and, there and 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 did yeah. the stuff while a lot of the men were fighting the wars and and were the backbone that held up the economy. The men came back from the wars. They took over. Uh, and I think we had a sort of, you know, tr more traditional, I would say, regressive um, era. We're in the 50s era and, and where the women sort of were put back in their quote unquote places. And there was a reaction or a movement to that, the women's movement in the 1960s, where women properly said, well, hey, in the 40s, when you guys were off fighting in World War II, and we were, we were holding stuff up uh, to make, to propping stuff up so that you had a ready-made economy to inhabit and run when you came back at the end of the war. And then in the fifties, you put, at the end of the war, you put us in the kitchen with an apron, uh, kept us out the workforce. Uh, so I think those days are over, you know, the exclusion of women from, from leadership and, and rulership. And um, uh, so, you know, we've got to figure out new ways to, to masculinity is something very, very real. Femininity is something very, very real. Uh, we've got to have an understanding of of what those two what those two uh, tropes are, and um, and treat people with dignity and respect and the humanity that each person has. But uh, uh, let's not pretend that there are no differences between men and women. Yeah. Um, exactly. How, how those differences get uh, politically uh, interpreted and allocated in the world is, has to be really addressed because we don't want to go back to a regressive era where masculinity means diminution of women and the meaning of women and the confiscation of their rights. That's just, that's just not going, at least for me, that's not going to call oh, someone. That's right. not at all what, what I'm intending to talk about. Oh, no, I know you are not talking about that, yeah. Yeah, but, just, just free expression so we can truly be who we are. Yes, and not kept down. It's my brother sent me a text. My grandma during World War II worked in a, text, a, a, a torpedo factory in Forest Park, Illinois. So, mm. just exactly what you were saying, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. You know, one of the things you, you you just mentioned now, too, Jay, is is how everything's gotten political. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, too political. Like ridiculously political and, it, and it's like and there's only two positions one can have which is so not true Jesus so we've gotta we gotta really look at that not everything is blue or red you exactly. know exactly matter of fact my favorite color is purple you know yeah what were you saying no I said yeah you're right we have this vast humanity this this infinite way of, yeah. of expressing humanity, and we think that these two political categories are basically just a little bit over two hundred and something years old, and we think that our humanity can be configured neatly and so tidily under Republican or liberal, Democrat, you know, conservative, or whatever. And I know. I'm not saying that people's values can't be identified by those political parties, but. I get really, really upset when people say, how can you be friends with this person because they're, they belong to that <laughs> party? You know, and I'm thinking, well, because they have a humanity that's inexhaustible and, and that transcends the, the narrow political categories that we have created. I mean, I, I can know. sit down and talk about 
Jung for hours with someone with a socialist. I'm not a socialist, or with a with a with a Republican. I'm not a Republican. I'm an independent conservative. Um, but I can talk about music. I can talk about life. I can talk about a host of different things without getting into the narrow political sphere. Um, oh, that's and, the part that, that makes me nuts. You know? Yeah. 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 I, and when you think about it, Jay, there's 330 million people in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. And we're probably more diverse today than we've ever been in the history of our country, right? Yes. People from more different countries speaking more different languages. We're free to express ourselves in more different ways. I, I just don't think, <laughs> you know, I don't think uh, Alexandria Cortez can represent half the people and Lindsey Graham can represent the other half of the people. I think there's a little room in between those two, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's hilarious, you know, to say, well, if I don't like this one, I have to like that one. No, I may not right. like either one of them. Right. Or I might find right. something appealing about both of them. You know, I, I actually think AOC's cute. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like her politics, but I think she's really cute. So, so yeah, so, you know, you better not, yeah, you better not, you, you better not say that on Facebook. Probably a sex statement. What's that? You get, you get well, better run off, you could run off of Facebook for saying that. You know that, Mike. Yeah, by but everyone. This is, no. this is into the gap, so we, we can say what we want to say, really. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I actually don't mind. I, I, okay. I don't mind. I, I think, I don't mind being objectified in certain respects. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> I love it. Well, I don't, and I get exhausted. You know, when I used, to, when I used to go to Europe, I used to be like going to these thermal pools in Austria. I used to have been to like 35 countries in Europe because of my work. I used to go to these thermal pools, 500 people in these big thermal pools. I'm the only black guy in there. And about 70% of these people make their way towards me. And some of them touch my skin and they touch my hair. Yeah. I'm like, I'm saying to my partner at the time, I'm so exoticized right now. And it feels, there's no hostility. <laughs> no hostility. And I'm like, I'm getting kind of aroused. This is kind of fun. Because that's different from racism, you know, being exoticized and being objectified in a, in a restricted domain. <laughs>